last week we were talking about looking at the Bible, being sure to use the Bible as your source. And so that's kind of like coming this way from God. And now we're going to talk about kind of finishing that feedback loop in discipleship and how this other part of the feedback loop with God is so important to being able to disciple other people. And so today we're talking about encouraging biblical prayer and how that ties into discipleship. We'll talk about four different things with that, and there's handouts back there if you'd like to follow along with those. We'll talk about, one, the importance of prayer, two, helping others to pray regularly and faithfully, so consistently and spiritually faithfully, Uh, three, encouraging others to pray effectively and according to God's will, and then four, helping others to understand how God responds to prayers. So, first, the importance of prayer. Prayer is important. Uh, We need to remember that the ultimate goal of discipling is to encourage our friend to greater fellowship with God and greater personal holiness that glorifies God. So the relationship, the effectiveness, and then it makes it glorifies God even more and then the relationship's even better and then the effectiveness and it glorifies God it just never stops the feedback loop so we need to teach others how to and we talked about this loop before which is a very good loop to remember see if you guys remember three things part of the loop of a Christian Know God. Trust, yeah. The specific loop we're talking about is you know God, you, in in knowing God, you love God. And how do you love God? How does Jesus say you love God? What's something he says about loving him? Huh? Yeah, he who loves me will obey my commandments. That is like, that's super huge because it's so against what the world probably assumes or um, what they think Christianity should be. It should be about myself. But in reality, love is shown by obeying God. And the disciples asked, how do I pray? And he told them how to pray so we can obey in that way. Well, another word in the place of obey is keep. Mm-hmm. Or at least King James has a way to keep my commandments. Yeah, sure. Yeah, no, that's good. Keep them. Yeah, um, that's very personal. <clears throat> so we need to teach each other how to know God, and by knowing Him, loving Him, and in loving Him, obeying Him. And maybe it's the other way: knowing, obeying, loving, something like that. It all fits together. Uh, and this will not be achieved. This loop, part of the thing that's not here that is kind of assumed within this. This can't happen without prayer. So maybe this is part of the know. Maybe this is part of the obey. Maybe it's all of them. I can know God through his word, but I can also know God by speaking to him. I can know God by, or I can obey God by praying, right? Because he told me to. I can look in his word and see his love for me, but I could also express my love for God by praying and then get to taste more of his love by praying. And we can do that for each other. We can get each other to remember this. I know that seems pretty like basic, but it's a problem. (laughs) It's a problem for us. We need to remind each other to do this because oftentimes, I don't know about you, oftentimes when I see a problem with another Christian or with myself, it's because I have gone off the tracks of the basic understanding of what's going on here. And I need somebody to, and it's always weird, but I need somebody to remind me to get back to this. And oftentimes when they remind me, they they almost feel like, I know you know this, but like, but they say that and then it works. And that's the power of God, right? It's not just the fact that they spoke it, not the empirical evidence. It's that they loved me and told me like, you need to pray about this. (laughs) And then I do, and it works. 
Um, uh, you could turn, if you want, to 1 Corinthians 3. 1 Corinthians 3, 5 through 9. In 1 Corinthians 3, 5 through 9, here I'll read uh, 5 through 6, and then if somebody wants to read 7 through 9. So 1 Corinthians 3, 5 through 6 says, What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed, as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. Can somebody read 7 through 9? So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, God's building. Amen. Pretty clear. Though. So, the preeminent point here is that without prayer, there is a high chance, an excellent chance, that your discipleship efforts will fail. Uh, the number one thing that we should do for someone who we are discipling is to pray for them. And we should seek to do that daily. That might be one of the biggest takeaways from today. If you can just remember that one thing, if you can teach yourself to remember that I need to pray, if I want to disciple others, I should be praying for them. It's amazing how many other, because the goodness of God is connected and his character is connected. It's amazing how if you do that, other things will branch out of that, that like posture about other people and about God. It's really, really helpful. And I think that it's no surprise that a lot of times for us, even though that's the reality of prayer, the feeling of prayer is like, yeah, I mean, I mean, I love God and Jesus died for me, rose from the dead. It's amazing. I believe it with everything, but like I do, I do struggle to pray. I do struggle. <laughs> it's like, but if you do it, like, especially combined with the word, it's, um, you are connected directly to that one being in three that can grow you, no one else can do that. Uh, not spiritually. Um, we're told in John 17, 3, and this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So eternal life is in knowing God. Just as we can get to know other people by talking to them, Really simple. You know, you got the shy kid in school. That was me. You got the shy kid. It's like, I'm afraid of people. <laughs> okay, well, you're never going to stop being afraid if you start talking to them. And then they do, and they're like, well, that was awful. I had an awful experience. It's like, well, you have to keep doing it. You have to keep trying. Like, don't just give up to keep trying. Um, the way that we get to know each other people by talking to them, prayer is one of the main ways, not the only way, but one of the main ways that we can come to know the Lord and one of the key ways that we can glorify the Lord. So not just knowing him, but pleasing him uh, the way that he deserves to be pleased, glorifying him, uh, putting him on display by doing so. Uh, so we need to encourage our friends to pray regularly. What were you going to say? I'll backtrack into back to the Corinthians. Sure. Here. It, uh, I know a lot of people like to concentrate on the big end of the conversion where you might realize too that maybe you're just one cog on the wheel to the person getting there. Right. Because it is sort of, you know, you know, you're talking to people and I'm, hey, I don't accept them making the sinner's prayer and all that. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, you can get discouraged where you don't see that, or yeah. you might think, hey, I'm just a cog in a thing, and maybe it might be three, four people down the road that finally get the fruit. Mm -hmm. I agree. And, what I, and that works for discipleship, too, not just evangelism. And what I've come to find is I think that there are times where God will specifically not show you how effective you are so that you trust in him 
and continue to do it, not just to get the results, but because it's the right thing, to, it's what he's called you to do. Uh, and that's going to happen to us with discipling each other with prayer. You're going to be like, have you been praying about that? And then you're going to walk away and two months are going to go by. <laughs> and you're going to be like, I don't know if that did anything. I, I think that happens to us almost every Sunday morning to some extent. I mean, th- thankfully, we do see, uh, we do get to taste the joy. And that joy is a pretty good indicator of what's going on. The contentment of being together and helping each other. But... On Sundays in the morning, sometimes if you're like not having a good week, which happens a lot, and you're talking to other people and trying to encourage each other, especially about prayer, yeah, I think there could be a feeling, even in the moment for me, where I'm like, I don't even know if what I'm, <laughs> if what I'm doing is working. But that's because it's so it's so different than the old sinful man. It's so different. It's a different thing. Like. You have to be willing to taste, you know, the newness of your mind and the newness of what you're doing with encouraging each other. It's just different than other things, but it is effective. And maybe I've heard it described as the alphabet. Maybe somebody was A, you're B, and then somebody else is going to be Z, and it's going to get them there. And two, if you always see the end results, there's a tendency to get a little puffed up, too. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's always there. Pride is always uh, there. It's a scary thing. Um, could somebody look up Matthew 14, 23? Somebody look up that. I'll look up a different one. Matthew 14, 23. <clears throat> Alright, so taking our Lord as our example, we see that Jesus took time away to pray. Oh, well, that matters, obviously. So if somebody could read Matthew 14.23, we'll look at that. After he had dismissed them, he went up on the mountain sat by himself and prayed. Later that night, he was there alone. Mm-hmm. When he's done with this stuff, all right, I'm gonna, I got to go pray. And then it says later that night. So he must have been there a while, is my assumption through there. He was alone. I like it. Um, and then Mark one thirty five says, ah, so, okay, I like, I like what they did here. So late at night, he was alone, right? He made it work that day. He was busy that day, but he still got it in. He spent a long time doing it. Mark one thirty five says, and rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. So we know that Christ is the example, but here's the evidence right here. Like he had this down for sure. And he's a good example of it. So we see him going off to a solitary place. If you want an example of the way that Jesus specifically prayed, you know, if you're like, man, he's going off, but like, what did he say? What kind of stuff did he say? John 17, read John 17, read it over and over. It is Jesus literally praying and it is really good. Um, it's a really good thing to base your prayers off of. So, but all of John 17 is Jesus' prayer to God just before he was betrayed <laughs> and arrested. So it's a pretty good prayer. Um, and then Jesus also repeatedly instructed his disciples to pray. So in Matthew 6, 5 through 15, does somebody want to read, since you're still in Matthew, hopefully, uh, does someone want to read Matthew 6, 5 through 10, 6, 5 through 10, and then I'll take the rest. Father in 
your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. That's not conditional, it's just, you know, it's just the way it works. Um, but if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And that one is. So <clears throat> they literally ask him, how do we pray? And they probably saw, by example, him going off alone to pray. I don't have a prayer life like him. And he tells them exactly how to do it. And then Jesus gives the parable of the uh, persistent widow, which is helpful. I'll turn there really quick. Just read a little bit of it. That's in Luke 18. Basically, in the persistent widow, you've got a parable about a woman begging a master, I believe, a respected man. A judge, there you go. Um, judge. Uh, and uh, she's begging, she's begging. Says, um, hear what the unrighteous judge says, and will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Um, she's asking for justice, of course, from a judge. And uh, he says, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice, so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. Quite an amazing uh, image for God to give us. Um, and of course, this judge is a person. And God, of course, I don't think would you know, necessarily be bothered in the same way. But he's saying, you know, persistence, that's, that's a persistent prayer shows faith. It shows your faith. And I think that by constantly asking, you know, and not taking matter into her own hands, she was saying, like, you're the only one that can do this. You are the one. Please help me. And I think after a while, even though the character here is like, oh, fine. But deep down, he's like, I am the only one. <laughs> she respects that. Uh, so persistent prayer that if it feels like, you know, I'm really struggling with my faith because I keep praying for something and it's not coming true and it's not something that's against God's will, um, it's something very basic like for joy because I don't feel good. You know, it's like something like that, you know, that you should have. Like, it's, oh, you're struggling with your faith. That's because persistent prayer is there for you to learn to be faithful. So, and to, to uh, show if you are faithful and have the faith that you need, but you'll grow with that. What are you going to say? Well, you hear stories about someone that's been praying for husband, wife, or somebody else for years. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Persistence paid off. Yep. You got First uh, Samuel? First Samuel. You got Hannah, I believe, praying for a child. Lord, give me a child, please. She's barren. And then God gives her uh, Samuel. It's another one. I mean, there's so many examples of that. Uh, where you're praying basically for a miracle, and he gives you a miracle. Um, but, and we'll talk a little bit later about sometimes the answer is no. And when that happens, yeah, I guess you've got to figure that out. But we'll talk about it. Uh, through the New Testament epistles, we're encouraged to pray. Um, somebody look up, uh, somebody look up Colossians 4.2. Colossians 4.2. Here's, a, here's something from Philippians 4, 6. Oh, something I was going to say. We looked at the Lord's Prayer. I was actually looking back, because we had a class on the Lord's Prayer, and I was like, you know, teaching on prayer. Hopefully the guy, you know, I, I'm sorry, this is like a, it's a sinful thing inside, but I was like, hopefully, you know, the group isn't bored this morning. And then I was like, when's the last time we did this? And then I looked back, and it was January of 2021. <laughs> And prayer is this important. In January of 2021 is the last time we like took a deep dive. Unless we did in Philippians, maybe sometime with Mike. I'm not sure. But it's been a while, so this is a good thing. All right. Uh, Philippians 4, 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, 
with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. That one hits hard, right? Uh, what about Colossians 4 2? Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. What was, that? what was the first couple words? Sorry. Continue steadfastly. Okay, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful. Okay, that's amazing. Uh, so we see that in these, we are urged to pray and present our requests to God and to be devoted to prayer and to pray continually, like you just read. So prayer is definitely important. And uh, without it, growth is stunted, faith is weak, and sanctification is impeded. Uh, prayer and discipling, uh, if we recognize that prayer is important, then how do we encourage it in discipling each other? Um, we encourage it through modeling. One of the most natural and most effective ways is simply by modeling. And this is something that we experience uh, in our worship service every Sunday. Just like last week, I talked about how like scripture memorization, it's something we do in the worship service. Part of the reason we do that is to like help, you, help each other to re remember to do that. Uh, this happens on Sundays as well. Um, there might be times where you come in and you're very tired and the pastoral prayer starts and you're like, Oh, this is going to be tough today. But the point of it is because prayer is so important. And what Davy is doing, and sometimes Mike gets a chance, or I get a chance, or somebody else gets a chance. I think Sean did once. We get a chance to be a model, not just to worship through prayer, but also be a model of prayer. Um, that's why when we go up, we, we tend to prepare something, because we want to be a good model of prayer to encourage others, not to show off, but to encourage others to, to show off Jesus, <laughs> you know, I'll give you that, but to just be that model. It's incredible. I mean, how many of us, I know for me, growing up, like, I didn't pray out loud for a long time, but I was around my parents who prayed all the time. And then the second I started praying, I kind of had an idea of how to do it. It's because I was around other people who prayed. And every time that you pray in front of your fellow brothers and sisters, you're teaching them or reminding them how to pray and why to pray and why it works. So it's really helpful in that way. Uh, Luke 11, 1 says, Now Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, this is what we said earlier, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. So it says right here that he was praying and they came up and were like, I, can you teach me how to do that? That's awesome. That's great. Can you teach me how to do that? And that's uh, part of the reason he told them how. Um, we can encourage prayer through instruction. So Luke 11, 2. Um, but we should also intently, which goes on as how to pray, but uh, we should also intentionally help our friends by teaching them how to pray. So if somebody doesn't know how, or if you hear them pray, this is a little bit difficult to like do, but this is you know, relationships with the unity of Christ. We should be doing this and should be able to do this. But if you hear somebody pray and it's like, it's kind of missing the point, you know, it's, it's very like selfish prayer or it's not even really talking to God, you know, whatever it may be. Of course, it's not, you know, you're wrong. It's like, um, have you looked at the way that Christ prays? Like, how, how did you, how did you learn to pray? You know, get a little bit of that backstory, figure out, but teaching each other how to pray and helping each other. And uh, that goes for people who have been Christians for a long time, too, because we can just get into bad rhythms where the prayer is just like, I can have, I can get into a rhythm where all of my prayers are just supplications and there's no adoration at all <laughs> for God. It's just like, dear Lord, help me with this, help me with that, help me with this. You know, none of it is like, dear Lord, oh, you are so good, you know. So we can help each other with that. Um, and... Uh, you can also teach them by sharing prayer requests and agreeing to pray for each other. Um, you can model good prayer by following up with your friend midweek by following up with them later. That shows the model of the whole aspect of prayer, the constant part of it. And uh, you get step up further, you can challenge your friend to set a time during the day to pray. That's quite a thing. But it's something that the Jews did at the time. I believe they prayed three times a day. Um, it was like a set time, and they would say like the Lord's Prayer or something like that around that time. Um, so 
that seems to have been a good model. Maybe you follow the morning, uh, middle, midday, and evening. Um, and also, when, uh, when your friends go through major decisions, you can encourage them to pray about them. This is probably where I hear this the most, where something really big is happening and somebody's like, have you prayed about it? And like, no, I've sat around being like anxious and confused about it, but no, I have not taken the time to cast my cares on the Lord like Psalm 55 says. I should do that. Thank you. You are the best. I love you. And then you do. It's very compassionate to empathizing and sympathizing because it's the best thing you can say to somebody Yeah, that's a good point. It's it's an it's an yeah, it's empathy to do that. I think I struggle sometimes with like have you prayed about it? Like have you taken your problem elsewhere? <laughs> no, what it really is though is like have you have you gone like you need to go to the source. You need some water. Like you got some water, you know? Or you gonna say Well, in a way you gotta look at it when you're praying, you're sort of voicing your desires. Sure. You desire, in other words, you're asking God and desiring this. And of course, the disciples part or Lord's part, it's called, more or less, he's trying to steer them in the direction yes. of what your desires should be. Yes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's why discipling each other with this, it's not just like... Uh, give me this, give me that. Yeah, and it's not treating each other, kind of like we talked about in one of those first weeks, it's not just like... Well, this person's a project. I just need to make sure they're doing a thing. It's like, no, I'm helping direct them to what they desire and to keep that desire aligned with God by praying to him and how they pray. So it's deeper than that. Sometimes it can seem so small, but it's so big. Uh, the second point is helping others to play, pray regularly and faithfully. I'll try to fly through this a little bit faster. But how to pray regularly and faithfully. Okay. <clears throat> so plan to pray. That helps. Plan. Uh, we will not likely pray unless we plan to pray. Uh, even if you're the kind of person, this works for me, even if you're the kind of person where you have taught yourself to pray when things are bad, <laughs> I, I really struggled with anger. Help me. <laughs> yeah, I had a huge, huge problem with anger. Um, and one of the ways that I stopped was by praying every time I was angry. So, but the reason that I prayed is because I planned to pray when I was angry. It was still a plan, right? It's not just emotional. I planned to do that. And I planned to teach myself, All obviously, all glory to God. He's the one who did it. But he put the plan and I followed through with the plan. So set aside time during the day to pray. If you pray every time you're struggling with sin, I don't know, maybe at least twice to ten times a day you're going to get a prayer in. But no, set aside an actual time, if you can, or I encourage you to, uh, during the day to pray and encourage your friend to do likewise. Uh, periodically ask them how they're doing. If they're keeping up with that time, and share how your times in prayer are going. This kind of goes back to the why discipling in the context of the local church is a good thing. Um, it's good because we can check up on each other. We can uh, take care of each other in that way. Accountability. And accountability is, again, a really good indicator for if you're talking to that person enough. Or maybe if you're con conversing about prayer with that person enough. You know, like I said earlier, the example of you pray, you say, you should pray. And then two months later, you still don't know what's happened. <laughs> so that's probably shouldn't be what happens. You should probably check up on them a little quicker. Believe me, talk to myself. One thing, so I, this really sits on discipleship because I've been encouraged to do this. And I think it's a great idea. And I haven't been doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's, we all, most of us have one of these and they have a little... Oh uh, yes. And you can set them to regular. So set up periodically through the day to set a little reminder. Mm -hmm. And remind you to pray mid morning. Oh, that's a good idea. That kind of thing. 
a prayer alarm. Yeah, and it's just, um, you know, we were watching, it was in the Friday Night Ministry one time. I can't remember what kind, some CEO of some company. What's that? Tyson Chicken, I remember yeah, that night, right. yeah. And he would set, just at, at the office, he would set a reminder through the day, you know, here is CEO of Tyson. Yeah. Have a reminder to pray for the day, you know, it's like, that's, yeah. That's a great idea. It's so easy, and it doesn't have to be a long prayer. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, something other than nothing is yeah. like everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Take that home with you. Something other than nothing is everything. Math with Chris. Uh, no, that's, yeah, that's amazing. Um, and you might have that thing of like, but I'm going to be talking to people at that time. It's like all the more reason to set an alarm and have it go off. And have people be like, what's that about? Be like, I just, I need a moment. And they're like, no, seriously, I insist. What's that about? Well, if you insist, talk to my Lord and Savior who saved my life. Do you know? <laughs> Is there something you can pray for? <laughs> yes, of course. You're so much quicker to care for other people. I love you, Mike. Um, uh, so this is one I struggle with. Uh, faithfully, regularly. Ways to avoid mental drift. Um, adopt some practical ways to avoid mentally drifting while you are praying. Uh, one great way to do it, and I'm sure you know, is to speak aloud as you are praying. It is very helpful. Um, I've found that even times where I'm in a very difficult point, even speaking aloud, I can start to drift. But speaking aloud definitely helps me to get back to what is going on, that I'm talking to the Lord. <laughs> Instead of like, just imagine you're sitting in front of the Lord and you're talking to him and you're like, this is... <laughs> it's like it's the most who who else who could you offend like who deserves your attention more another great way and i know that maybe i don't know maybe does anyone here journal your prayers anyone it's a really really good one man i mean they did it in like psalms like paul wrote down his prayers sometimes at least things that he would pray for it's not a stupid thing to do. It's really, really good. And it makes you too, because uh, I think, I don't know about you, but I feel like a lot of people, a lot of people I know are very um, high, are, uh, very hard critics of themselves. I think that writing down your prayers, you're probably, you probably don't want to do it because you're like, I don't want to like work that out. It's like, maybe it'd be a good thing to work that out. Maybe being a hard critic of yourself is a gift from God. And when you write down your prayer, it'll teach you how to pray even better. So that's a good way. Um, you can pray through other written prayers. Uh, and we'll talk about the Bible, but you can find written prayers that aren't the Bible and just read through those. The Valley of Vision, a great book. Uh, you can pray also through scripture. Um, you, uh, you focus on a passage um, as an outline for what you will pray. Or you use biblical words or phrases or ideas that you know in your prayers. Another thing you can do is you take the membership directory and you pray a page. And then the next day you pray a page. You just pray for all the people on the directory. That's a really good way to uh, do it consistently. Um, uh, praying with another Christian is very helpful. That's a way to be regular and faithful to establish a relationship based on praying with each other and holding each other accountable. Keeping track of prayers and answers. I know for me, I might have to write them down because after a while, I can forget. So you develop a system to keep track of prayers. Uh, if you develop a system, that's gonna start creating some regularity and it'll help you to be faithful. Some people literally use an Excel sheet. <laughs> I mean, do what it takes. Uh, pray until you pray. I like this. Pray until you pray. Uh, pray until you actually start praying. Uh, when we start praying, our minds often are struggling with settling down and focusing on our prayers. Uh, when you start to pray, give yourself time for your mind to settle and focus on God. Um, you might not want to pull the, like, I started and like, I just wasn't feeling it, so I stopped. It's like, uh, maybe you should... I don't know, maybe push through that. Because, I mean, you are talking to God. Um, it, it's, I don't know, it's just kind of strange. I'm, I'm not trying to bash. I'm just saying it's kind of strange to be like, I was trying to talk to God, and I just, like, wasn't feeling it, so I stopped. <laughs> are you serious? Here's, here's, here's a quick example that someone gave me this 
who was discipling me, mm -hmm. said, very simple, it's not an Excel spreadsheet. You take a blank piece of paper, you fold it like this in the quarters. Yeah. And then you have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Mm -hmm. You do prayer, so you alternate through the week. And then a page for like this, I'm going to pray this every day. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, it's great because it's like you can literally do this with a piece of paper. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know how long those titles can be in your alarm, but <laughs> maybe you can put like pray for this pray for that yeah yeah there are, maybe another option there are apps out there too i tried a couple oh that'd be cool too yeah I mean, just the, yeah yeah that'd be good that's a really quick sampling of just some helpful topics um sorry time's kind of disappearing so i'm going to go to uh some other parts here um overcoming excuses for prayer prayerlessness is really important. Um, one would be, I'm too busy to pray. Um, is daily work more important than prayer? That's a good question. Um, in Luke 10, 38 through 42, you have the story of Mary and Martha. And at the time, Christ is with them, and Martha is doing what probably a lot of very responsible women would do. She's like, cleaning and like taking care of things <laughs> i've seen a lot of women in my life i've seen are, are like this they're very much like martha but mary is sitting at the the feet of christ and just soaking in every word soaking in every moment that she could have with him and uh in that story we see that god must be first um our work must never replace our relationship with god himself that's, of course, not to say that work shouldn't happen. It's just saying that God should come first. Um, if you're too busy to pray, consider how your life needs to change in order to pray more consistently. A couple things you could do. Uh, maybe you need to start your day with prayer, wake up early in the morning the way Christ did. Maybe you need to drop something else in your life for prayer the way Christ did. Maybe you need to integrate prayer into your life, having it scheduled throughout the day, which is very likely what Christ did uh, as he was a Jew. Um, another reason is I'm too spiritually dry to pray. Like, I just, uh, I can't, I can't, I'm too dry. Um, when you're dry, the last thing you want to do is read or pray. This is a time when you need to consider living obediently. This is why it's such an important part of these. These can look so attractive, and I can be like, I don't know about that. Dude, this saves your life so often. This is the thing you do when you don't want to do anything. This is what reminds you, like, I need to obey. We learned this as kids. When our parents were like, don't do that, it's like, I really want to do it, though. <laughs> and you get upset. I remember having times in my room, like, I hate my parents. I want to get out of this house. But I still obeyed because I didn't want to get in trouble. And it taught me how to love them. <laughs> so when you're dry, still obey. And remember that God literally took dry bones and put flesh and life onto them um, in Ezekiel. I feel no need to pray. Sometimes at the root of our life, there can be an arrogance or a pride that leads to prayerlessness. Uh, when we feel sufficient in ourselves, our task at hand, uh, and we don't really believe that God, that it is God who is going to work, we are led to prayerlessness. One opinion has been shared, and it says that two sins are more dangerous than all the others. Spiritual pride and personal security. We need to learn to confront our pride and grow in our sense of dependence on God, we need to be allowed, need to um, truly believe and act on the reality that we are dependents. <laughs> if God's got his tax form, he's got a lot of dependence. Um, uh, Psalm 127, uh, the first part of A, of 1A says, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. You can't do it in your own power. Um, you got, you've got to do it with the Lord. 
you can't say, I just don't, praying about that, there's just no point. Um, you just have to keep praying. Uh, obviously, like I'm thinking of a specific example. Obviously, <laughs> this isn't like, you know, if you need to pray about something and you haven't done it and you're refusing to do it because you don't see the point. Obviously, if you've prayed about something 20 times or 50 times, yeah, you can maybe, you know, stop praying that thing. You've, you've, said, you've said what you need to say. I mean, you can choose to either be persistent, like the widow, if you need to, or maybe it's a different thing where it's like, I think I've got my answer. I need to just move forward knowing that I've prayed that. And I think there's a verse that says we will have the request that we made to God. Um, some people, it's I'm too bitter to pray. Um, the reality of uh, being bitter or holding a grudge is that they hold something against someone and can stand as obstacles to your prayer life. Um, uh, we lack uh, in Matthew 16 or 6:14, we see that um, we lack that a lack of forgiveness toward others will hinder our prayers. Um, there's also like the unforgiving servant, the one who had a debt to pay, he was let go, like he was shown mercy and then he goes right out and then he like doesn't show mercy to somebody else. Um, you have to forgive, have to forgive others because you have been forgiven. Um, and oftentimes bitterness is tied to forgiveness. Um, me and Kayla were talking about this last night because she's over there teaching about anger and it's tough because we're talking about how most times with anger, you need to forgive somebody. You're angry at someone. Unless it's God, <laughs> and then it's a little more complicated, because you don't need to forgive God because he didn't do anything wrong. You just need to submit to what he has given you, either in your circumstances, in your trials, or uh, your blessings. Um, yeah, I got to fly. Some people, it's, I'm too ashamed to pray. I know it's a real problem. I don't have a lot of time to talk about it. Um, but we can definitely get to a point where, and there's whole cultures, there are entire cultures that are based off of this that are in America. But shame can be a huge weapon of the enemy. Um, we see in the garden, they are ashamed and they run and they hide. But he finds them because <laughs> he knows where they are. Uh, you can't hide from God in your shame. Can't do it. So don't. Um, it says in uh, Proverbs twenty-eight thirteen, whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper. But he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. Don't do the opposite of what you're supposed to do. Uh, let go of the shame of yourself and instead uh, look at the adoration of God. Let that replace. Um, there's also um, an excuse is God doesn't seem to answer my prayers. And in this case, it would be God doesn't seem to answer my prayers with yes. Um, sometimes we pray with the wrong motives. And God shows kindness by not granting us our selfish desires. It says in James 4.3, check this out. You ask and do not receive. So you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. That's a big one coming from uh, Christ's brother. Sometimes he doesn't answer you to be like, you know, it's kind of like with your parents. You say something and they're like, try again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Have you seen that like, I want this now. Try again. May I please have this now? Um, so prayer is, uh, it's not merely about us getting what we want. Um, it's about God's glory. It's about the fulfillment of God's will. It's about the proclamation of the gospel. There's, I can't remember where it is, but there's a passage in, I think, 2 Timothy that's like, like, all this stuff is going on out here. It's awful. Pray. Pray that all of them would come to know the gospel. Pray that. And let that be your posture to the world. So that when you go out and things are crazy, which right now it's a specific month, things are crazy. When you go out, it's like, all I'm thinking about is how I want them to know the gospel. That's it. I'm not concerned with the evil of what's going on. Because when I'm at home, I pray for them to know the gospel. Um, that is like, that's very different than uh, praying selfishly.
So thirdly, encouraging others to pray effectively. Definitely. He, it's the, I can't, <laughs> walk away with that. I cannot give you a more effective way than to study the Lord's Prayer and to know why it is, like, outlined the way that it is and to pray that. And if you want, there is a, I think it would only maybe be you and maybe Chuck, but there is a recording of that um, on, a, on the podcast. If you go back to... If you're looking through the podcast, you go to January 2021, there's an entire lesson on the Lord's Prayer explains the whole thing. Um, But there's plenty of commentaries and things you could look up as well. The outline of that teaches you everything about, like, how to pray. Um, So encouraging others to pray effectively. There's a tendency for young Christians to pray according to their own will and their own desires. It's far too easy to cite certain verses like ask seek knock or if you believe you can move mountains or god grants wisdom to those who ask all those are from or two from matthew one from james but so it's easy to cite those and then claim we ought to get whatever we ask from god Um, in such a case we're replacing ourselves um, we're placing ourselves before god my demands come before your will that doesn't work it's not helpful. Um, it's not effective at all. Uh, it might feel effective to like getting your emotions out, but it's not effective at all, rationally, with anything, or spiritually, with anything that's going to happen. Uh, D.A. Carson has a quote. might be in there, but he says, Effective prayer is the fruit of a relationship with God. So relationship with God, the fruit of that is effective prayer. It's not a technique for acquiring blessings. <laughs> So it's about the relationship. It's not about the blessings only. So to teach people to pray effectively, we must teach people to pray according to God's will. Um, and uh, we can one way that's really helpful to pray God's will, like we said earlier, is to literally pray his word. And uh, when you do that, um, you can, again, look at the passage. If the passage is saying something that you need to be, pray that you would be that. If it's saying something that makes you adore the Lord, praise the Lord. Right? If it says something that convicts you, pray for some understanding with that. What, I mean, you just read through it like normal, and instead of just reading it and going like, hmm, you go, Lord, <laughs> it's just, it's just you, you haven't, it's like you're reading the guy's word and you're literally talking to him while you're reading. It's very, very helpful. And another thing is you can, you can literally go to prayers in the Bible. You can learn a lot from Jesus's prayers or Paul's prayers. Uh, you can learn from David's Psalms or the Sons of Korah, whatever. A lot of examples there. I think that for me as a young Christian, so keep this in mind when if you disciple a young Christian, yeah. probably one of the most important lessons is that, you know, he, he took me to First John 5 and said, if you pray anything, ask anything according to God's will, well, how do you know God's will? The Bible. This is, <laughs> I pray the Bible. And I, yeah, that stuck with me. And I think that's important for us when we expect a young person to make sure that, that is emphasized because of just like you're saying, not immature prayers, but prayers according to God's will. Yeah. I think that's key, key for particularly for well. Not just young Christians, for any Christian. Yeah, but, uh, definitely. And I think that, uh, um, I, and when I say this, I'm just going off of what other people say, like in my family or my friends. Um, but I think all of us are, I, I think all of us are to some extent, but I'm a particularly deep thinker in certain veins. There's other, you know, I go deep one way, but there's other ways that geniuses go that I never go. Um, But sometimes in deep thinking, we can find a way to complicate the problem so much and then come to the scripture and be like, but I've thought a very complicated thing and God knows everything and he's not answering my question. 
and, and I've experienced that. And I really think that the issue is what you're saying, like, well, your deep thought doesn't determine what needs to be answered. What needs to be answered is what it's, this is just what it says. Um, I can't express enough where if you're sad or if you're angry, whatever it is, um, I like to go on Google. I go to Bible. I put in Bible verse and then put anger <laughs> and then I hit enter and then I look for openbible.com. I click on that and then 50 verses pop up. It, within the first two verses, I'm already like, yeah, <laughs> like every time. And then I read like 15 more and I'm like, yeah, um, obviously thinking of the context of the verses as well. But that's, that's just how I do it. There's obviously, there are books, there are concordances, there are ways to just look up the topic and then get to the verse and then pray what it says and remind yourself. A lot of times with the deep thinking, you come to it and you're like, but I get it, like that's simple. But then you're doing it, you're like, it is simple. It's very simple. I've been overthinking this. <laughs> so that's for the deep. Um, which I think definitely happens. It really does uh, answer, it brings everything back to like regularity. Uh, lastly, is understanding how God responds to prayer. Really quickly, how God responds to prayer. And with this, there's basically three things there is wait, there is no. <laughs> And there is yes. So let's look at those really quick. Sometimes God has us waiting. Um, it is in those cases that he calls for us to persevere, to endure. And that's why it ties so well to the persistent widow. Um, as disciples, we need to encourage our friends to persevere in prayer. I guarantee you, at least one of us in here needs to persevere in prayer in some way. <laughs> so at the very least, all of us should be helping that one person. And that one person should be letting us know that they need that. Uh, but I'm sure it's more than one person. That's why it's so great. Like, don't feel, feel the, the urgency, the need to help each other. Because we all need to be persistent in some kind of prayer. I know I probably have like three. Um, uh, the parable of the persistent widow, like we talked about, where her supplication was answered simply because she didn't stop asking. That's helpful. Uh, continue to support your friend in prayer and encourage him or her, your brother or sister, to continue to pray about it. Again, this is encouraging specific times. Maybe you should pray about that weekly. Maybe that's so emotional for you, you maybe shouldn't pray that every day. Maybe pray it every Wednesday and Sunday, because that's an emotional prayer. And I've seen the way it affects you. Maybe, you know, just help, you know, help each other. Um, try to help them recognize that they are a dependent. They are completely dependent on God. Uh, sometimes he says yes. Nice. It's nice when he says yes. Unless, you know, you're praying for patience or something like that. Um, but as a discipler, delight with your friend and encourage your friend to prayer, uh, to thankful prayer. Um, don't skip over it, right? Count your blessings. If somebody has a praise, like, delight with them in that praise. Encourage them to be like, ask them, like, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about that? You said a baby, you know, whatever it is. Um, and a lot of times, I've noticed a lot of times when you ask those questions, the response is like, I'm like, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's good, but like, I'm... <laughs> It's going to be a whole thing. <laughs> it's like, that's, I don't know if that's the, best, <laughs> that's the best thing. You should probably be excited about the blessings that God has put in your life. I understand that feeling, but at the same time, we can help each other to be like, yeah, I get that, totally. But I mean, are you, are you happy about it? It's like, I, I am happy. It's like you've just helped the person too, you know, get back to that thankful, um, joyous part of what God has given you. Um. And lastly, what happens if your friend, uh, your brother or sister, prays earnestly? They pray unselfishly. They pray according to the Bible and um, in accordance with God's will, but God says no in the end. Well, as a discipler, part of your job is to be there to support them. This is the perfect moment to love and support somebody else when they have 
begged the Lord for something and he has said no. Um, remind him that God, although this person is not getting what they want, that he is good and that he is trustworthy. That Those are the times, above all, where not just the person who's not getting what they want or what they think they should have, according to the Bible, where they should be humble, but you should be humble as a fellow disciple to be like, all right, I got to take a chance here. Like, I realize I might offend this person, but I would rather love them than do nothing. And then to just be like, I'm so sorry. You know, take the, I mean, obviously take the time to love them and to see what they're going through, but be like, do you remember though that God is good and he is trustworthy? Like he does have, there's nobody else in the universe that is spending more time pursuing you and thinking about you and doing everything he can to make you better. There's nobody else, you know, taking the time. That's where when you're discipling someone, your personal experiences come into play. Sure. Because I've had, you know, millions of prayers where he very clearly has said no. (laughs) But under no circumstance has that been bad for me. The outcome, hindsight looking back, the outcome has always been Wow. than what I asked for in the first place. So God saying no to me initially, although it stings in the moment, I have always benefited greater in the end. And I think that's where, as a, as discipling each other, you can, you can be empathetic. You can say, you know, I'm so sorry this isn't working out for you right now. I get it. It hurts. It sucks. Mm-hmm. It's challenging. But that's where you can equally go. I absolutely promise you that God is good and he will give you blessings. It's mm-hmm. just not going to be when you want it or how you want it. or It's not going to look the way you think it needs to look, right? But you will always get it. Mm-hmm. That's what he's going to do what's best for you. Exactly. And that's why you're exactly. praying. Yeah. Please help me. You know, show me the best path. Do the yeah. Thing. That's where faith comes in. Have faith that God will always do what is right for you. you know, mm-hmm. Sometimes that answer is no, but like Bethany just said, down the road you see it, you go, there it is. Yeah. And it makes so much more sense. That's his style. That's his style. He makes a promise in the garden, and a little bit later, Jesus comes. <laughs> so, yeah, remembering, yeah. Sorry, you guys almost made me cry. Um, all true. Can't can't say it any better. Uh, just in closing, really quick, uh, prayer is really important. Like we said, we need to help each other to look within themselves to look at our sins um, and that have led us to prayerlessness, and to uh, help each other to look instead not at our sin but to Scripture and to pray biblically and effectively. Um, again, effective prayer is prayer of God's will. Prayer that's about God. Um, not just about yourself. And if it is about yourself, it's usually to become more like him. It's like you guys were saying, you can share your experience with somebody else. These are the variables. We're the variables. God is the consistent one. So we look at the variables and we look at the differences and then we compare them against the constant. And it's like, I don't have a word for it. it it's, it's reverent. It's, it's the fear of the Lord. It's awe. When you do that, you take the time to do that, to share, like, this is the constant, you know, what's it like? It, it's transcendent. You know, I don't know. It's, it's that thing that we don't really, that scientists don't like to talk about. It's, it's crazy, you know. Uh, it's a good thing. Uh, and then encouraging a life of biblical prayer. It may be one of the best gifts that we can give each other, is to encourage a life of biblical prayer. Um, so, Let's do it. Let's love each other by doing so. Um, Let's seek to do that for each other. Hopefully this was a good reminder on prayer and how it deeply affects uh, each other. Again, I really encourage to look at the Sermon on the Mount and look at the Lord's Prayer to either to remind yourself or to like, if you haven't like studied that in comparison with prayer, hearing it from Christ is unbelievably helpful.